Amen. I don't know about you, but it sure is good to be at church. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John. The book of John, chapter number 3. We're going to read from verses number 14 down to verse number 17. The book of John, chapter number 3, verses 14 through 17. We'll ask the Lord to help us. Speak to us through his word. Some of the most familiar verses in all of the word of God. Folks who go to church know this verse. People who do not go to church has heard this verse. It's printed on posters. Athletes has written it with Sharpie markers on their shoes. It's even on eye tape. It's everywhere you look. You'll find this verse. But I pray this morning that not only will we hear the verse, but we'll understand the verse. And we'll realize all that God has done for you and I. I knew uh, today's you Sunday. I'm not even supposed to be preaching today. Pastor Jason usually takes care of, if there's five Sundays, it's not every fifth Sunday, but if they are five Sundays in a month, then that fifth Sunday of that month is always you Sunday. But he's gone to camp, and uh, so I'm going to preach this morning's message And then tonight, don't miss the service tonight. They'll be back from camp. I don't know if they're going to share or not. But I do know this, the young guys, the young preachers are going to preach tonight. Pastor Jason made them a pulpit. It looks just like this pulpit, but it's about this tall. We're going to get that pulpit out. We're going to bring it up here, and they're going to preach behind their pulpit. And we're going to have church tonight, amen? So just come and be a part of the service, and I believe God's going to bless you, and we appreciate you. I said John chapter number 3, verse 14. Let's stand together, and we're going to look at some verses this morning and see what the Lord wants to do through his word today. Now remember, Jesus Christ himself is talking with a man who is a religious ruler, and this man's name is Nicodemus. And they begin to have a discussion, and Jesus says several things to this man. And we'll pick up in about the middle of this conversation. And he uses Moses as an example in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Lord, thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you for saving souls at camp, and in this church. Thank you for the testimony of folks who are excited about serving you. And God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit of God that is so real in this place. And God, I pray that we would never take for granted all that you're doing. God, help us today as we look at your word to understand, apply it to our lives and change us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
thank you for standing. Thank you for being here. As I was saying, I, I was praying this week and I, I just simply asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm only going to get to preach one time Sunday. And if I'm only going to get to preach one time, what would the message be? What is it that would be the most important scripture that I could preach in all of the Bible? And it was just instantly the Lord dealt with me, John chapter number 3. This is some of the most important scripture in all of the Word of God. I want us to look first at the love of God. At the love of God. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. I asked myself when I read that very first phrase in verse number 16, and I wrote it in my notes. You can come up and look after the service. I wrote this down. How can God love the whole world? How can God love the whole world? And what you don't know is, is before I preached this message in the 830 service, there was a mama that testified, and this was her testimony. She said, my son is in prison. And she said, I love my son. And she said, I've stayed awake so many nights praying that God would do a work in his life. So I've got word from him just here recently. He's got serious about living for the Lord. He's been reading his Bible every day. He even feels that God's beginning to deal with him about preaching the gospel. And she said, I want to thank God for what he's doing for my son while he is locked up in prison. That answered the question of how can God love the world? The way the Lord dealt with me about this is the same way that a parent can love her child. The same way that a parent can love her child, whether the child is worshiping or whether the child is causing that parent to worry. The same way that a parent loves a child when that child is living right. And the same way that parent loves that child when that child is living wrong. The way you love your children if they believe in Christ and the way you love your children if they're unbelievers in Christ. The way a parent loves their child even when that child is selfish or when that child is greedy or when that child is spiteful. There's a lot of things that children will do that will hurt a parent. There's a lot of things that a children will do will grieve a parent. There's a lot of things you and my children will do that we know is it's not right at all. But at the end of the day, it does not change the love of that parent for that child. You love them when they're doing good. You love them when they're doing bad. You don't agree with it when they're doing bad, but it does not change your love for that child. And that don't even compare to the love that God has for the world. For God so loved the world. 1 Timothy 2, 4, it says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. When I begin to study these verses, I got to verse number 14. 
Jesus gives the account of Moses when he lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. If you study in the book of Numbers, chapter number 21, you'll find there the account that Jesus is speaking of. I'll share it with you. The nation of Israel had vowed a vow unto the Lord. And they asked the Lord, Lord, would you help us to be able to destroy and be able to defeat our enemies? We know that the nation of Israel was just fixing to have a conflict with the Canaanites. And the Lord came down and blessed them. The Lord did a mighty work for the nation of Israel that day. The Bible says the Lord blessed them. But only four verses into Numbers chapter number 21, you'll find that it says the soul of the people was much discouraged. You'll find that the people spake against God and they spake against Moses. You'll find that the Lord sent fiery serpents to bite the people and much people died. One time when I was reading about the nation of Israel in the Old Testament scriptures, how God would bless them, but yet they would complain. How God would give them victories, but they would still complain. How God would feed them every day and give them water every day, but yet they would complain. How God would open up the Red Sea and they would walk across on dry ground, but it wouldn't be too many days later, and yet they would complain. And I was praying one day and I said, Lord, what was wrong with all of those people? You know what he showed me? Same thing that's wrong with you. I bless you and you still complain. I take care of you and you still complain. Amen. I protect you from your enemies and you still complain. I feed you every day and give you water every day, but you still complain. Hey, listen, we're just like them. Amen. We're just like them. But boy, isn't God good. Isn't it amazing when we just study the phrase, for God so loved the world. Amen. And these fiery serpents begin to bite these people. And the people came to Moses and they, and they said, we've sinned against the Lord, Moses, and we've sinned against you. Would you pray for us? So Moses went and prayed and he talked to the Lord. The Lord told Moses that I want you to take a piece of brass and I want you to build a fiery serpent and I want you to put it on top of the pole. And when these people are bitten by this fiery serpent, when their sin has completely overcome them and when their sin has caused them to, they're fixing to die, that if they would just look up to that serpent, they'd be able to live. You say, what in the world does that mean? That means this. In other words, when you've done wrong and you've sinned, if you will acknowledge your sin, if you will look at your sin, if you will realize that you're a sinner, and if you'll look past what the fiery serpent's trying to destroy in your life, and you'll look past the pole that Moses is holding, and you'll look up into the heavens, and you'll realize that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, whose name is Jesus Christ, came and died so that you and I could be set free from our sins. Guess what you and I could do? We could be set free from the bondage of sin, and you and I could also live just like those Israelites lived in that desert that day. Hey, this message today has everything to do with life and death. I pray that you will see yourself as a sinner and you'll realize you need Jesus. 
so that you can live today. When I begin to study this, how much does God love the world? All mankind have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What an amazing thing that the Lord loves us even while we was yet sinners. Christ loved you and I. I hope this message this morning, your mind is not already on, man, this is a simple message. I hope this message this morning, your mind is not already on, I don't need this message. I hope this message this morning, your mind has not already taken you to a place to where you say, I know all about John 3.16, preacher. Couldn't you preach something any better than this? If you can show me what it is, I'll preach it. But I cannot imagine a verse in all of the Word of God that's any more important than the ones we're looking at right now. For God so loved the world. Notice what it says. Not only the love of God, but the ministry of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son. When you study that word gave, it means to minister. It means to commit. It means to deliver up. Man had no claim on Christ. It was a gift. It was a gift that God gave to a fallen world. And the gift that was given was not a gift because we deserved a gift. It was just simply called a gift of God. Amen? Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You realize that he gave his son to die for the sins of the world? Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste of death for every man. 2 Corinthians 5.15, And that he died for all, that we that live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him that died for them and rose again. 1 John 2, 2, and he is the propitiation, the atonement for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Galatians 1, 4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. God gave his son into the hands of sinful men so that his son could save sinful men. It's amazing to me. The gift of God, the gift of God that he gave, he sent his only begotten son, his only born son. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into a sinful world so that he could live on this earth for 33 years and live a sinless life and die on a cross, not because of his sins. He died on the cross because of our sins. And when you and I can grab a hold of the love of God, it'll change your life forever. It'll make you realize, listen, I can say I love you. Your mom and daddy can say they love you. But if you pile up all of our love in a big old pile, it don't even compare to the love that God had for us when he sent his son Jesus to die for us while we were yet sinners. Are you hearing me this morning, church? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
Let me ask you this. Can you believe that you know a man, not just a man, but can you believe that you know a God-man, the very Son of God? Can you believe that you know who He is? And can you believe that God sent Him so that you and your wife and your children and your grandchildren and your neighbors and your co-workers can have a way to get to heaven and we don't have to die and go to hell. Can you believe that God has done that for you and I? Can you believe that? It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Where's my grandbabies at? Are they in here? Come here, Miss Isley. Come here to Pat for a minute. Come here. Can I grab a hold of the fact that God loves this world so much that I know a man by the name of Jesus who came and died so that I can go to heaven so that my daughter can go to heaven so that her husband can go to heaven. So that my wife can go to heaven. So that my grandparents. Do you understand that, church? God loves us so much, and I know Him. And He came so that my little grandbaby, Isley, one day can say, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart and be my Savior. I don't know anyone that loves us that much. I don't know anyone that's done that much for us. Isley, God loves you so much. He loves you so much, honey, that he sent Jesus and all he wants to do is save you. Do you understand that, church? Do you understand that love? Can you see it? Can you experience it? Can you understand how much he loves you? Stand up right there, preacher, and grab that little girl. Hold her real, real tight. Can you believe that God loved you and your family and your wife so much that the God that you serve wants to do the same thing for your family. Amen. Amen. Come here, Tinley. Come here, girl. Got baptized the other night. Can you believe that God loves you so much that he sent his son just to die for you, girl, so that you could go to heaven? Do we see it, church? Do we understand that? Tyler, stand up there with your wife. Stand up there, girl. Tell the church what's going on with y'all. Say it loud. What are y'all getting ready to expect? What's going on, Williams? They're having a baby. Amen. Hey, that's good news. Can you believe that God took that man that fell out of a tree stand, saved his soul, took you in, raised you, loved on you, sent you to a dugout and all stars and saved your soul. Put this girl in your life to marry. Has blessed y'all, 
right now to be expecting a child. God wants to save that baby. As soon as that little baby comes to the age of accountability, God wants to do a work in their lives. Thank y'all. Can you believe how much God loves us? Can you believe how much God cares? When you look around at all that God is doing, and God loves and cares that much, Look at that mama standing over there, that young lady standing over there. I guess you're a mom. I don't know. Is that your child? I don't even know your name, and I apologize, but can you believe that God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die so that one day that child can be born again and get to go to heaven? I mean, how can you describe the love of God when you just look around and you really think about all that God has done in all of our lives? God is good, church. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Who did He give Him for? He gave Him for a bunch of sinners like us so that you and I could go to heaven to be with him one day. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. For God so loved the world. But God commended his love toward us and that while we was yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 3, 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. The Apostle Paul says, If you could understand the height and the depth and the length and the breadth, and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. He said, if you could understand the love of Christ, he said, but you can't. He said, because the love of Christ passes all knowledge, you can't even get it in your mind how much the Lord truly loves you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Brother Warren, after that young boy got saved in the 830 service, he's a preacher in our church, probably in his, I don't know, he's a senior. He come down this morning, he said, preacher, preacher, preacher. If all of the oceans was turned into ink and we could put it in a pen and we begin to write about the love of God. He said it would drain all the ocean dry. He said the love of God is so big, so wide, so deep and so far. How can we ever explain the love of God? He said you can, preacher. You can't explain the love of God. The height God loved the depth so loved, the length God gave, and the breath for whosoever. Listen now, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever. See, at this time, the Jews thought that salvation was just for them. But Jesus said, whosoever. It don't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. It don't matter if you're bond 
or if you're free. It don't matter if you're white or if you're black or if you're brown or if you're yellow. It does not matter because Jesus Christ came and died for whosoever will. That's everybody, amen? It don't matter if you was raised in church or never was raised in church. It don't matter if you know amazing grace or don't even know what amazing grace means. It don't matter if you know the Romans road or you never even seen a road. It don't matter if you've ever read your Bible or never picked up a Bible. It don't matter. Jesus Christ came and died for whosoever will. For whosoever will. If you're here today and you do not know Christ is your Savior, today is the day. Amen. Today's the day. You can call on Jesus to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and be your Savior and Lord. Because Jesus came and died just for you and rose again so that we could spend eternity with Him. Are you with me? I said, Lord, I'm only going to get to preach one time today. And it's okay because these little guys need to preach. But I said, Lord, if I'm only going to get to preach one time, what message do you preach? John 3, 16. Because there is no message more important than that one. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever... Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You can put your faith, listen please, you can put your faith and your belief in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Christ. Look to him for your deliverance. You can entrust your life to Christ. God gave his son to us. God gave his son to us. So that we can give ourselves to his son. Have you ever noticed that verse 15 and verse 16 says the same things? I never in all of my life reading through this Bible. I never noticed that the two verses back to back said the exact same things. Look at it. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Look at the bottom of verse 16. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If Jesus says something once, you better listen. But if Jesus says something twice, back to back, you better, better, you better, you better, better listen. How's that, Miss Becky? That's wonderful, she said. You better, better listen, amen. He said it twice. Notice it. For whosoever is the fullness, it all may come. Believeth in him means to put your faith in Christ, that Christ is able to save your soul. He said you shall not perish. That means sink down in the pains of hell. Second Thessalonians 1.9, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. There is salvation in no other. There is salvation in no other. There is deliverance in no other. It must come through Christ. And then the promise of God in closing says you shall have everlasting life. That word have means to hold. It's a possession. It means to have, to hold, and to keep. Everlasting is perpetual. It's forever. 
And life means to live. Christ is the way to life. Christ is the truth of life. And Christ is the source of life. Here's the question this morning. Miss Gina, if you'll come. The question is this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if there has never been a time where you have not called on Christ to forgive you of your sins and be your Savior, then today is the day. This service, a 10-year-old boy come forward this morning in the early service and ask Christ to be his Savior. His Sunday school teacher testified Don't be scared. If the Lord is dealing with you, do what God is asking you to do. Come to Him and give Him your life. Surrender it to Jesus this morning. And if you're here, and Jesus Christ is your Savior, how long has it been since you thanked Him for being your Savior? How long has it been since you worshipped Him for all that He's done for you? That salvation was just not extended to you, but it was also extended to yours. That salvation was extended to all. To all.